Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 253 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Tawny Laura, the sober sexpert is back. We are going another layer deeper into cultivating intimate relationships without alcohol. That's right, Tani is getting down to the nitty gritty of how to have the best sex without booze. Whether it's with one, two, or three people on this episode, you will learn how to release the shame and stigma around sex, how to embrace your body and build your sexual confidence, and the key ingredient needed to have the best sober sex of your life. This is such a fantastic episode. Um, I just loved this conversation. Let's get into it. Tony, she's back. I cannot Woo! wait. Okay, Tony, this is the conversation we have all been waiting for. We are getting down to the nitty gritty. You were just on the podcast talking about your fabulous new book, Dry Humping. If you want to know about sober sex, Tani is the the woman to go see. She knows what she's talking about. And today we're getting, we're taking off yet another layer and we are going deeper in to having sex without alcohol. I cannot wait for this because I feel like personally, I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's my mood, but like, I feel like an animal in heat. Like I am ready to go. <laughs> You're frisky. <laughs> I am ready to rock and roll. Um, and so I'm so excited about this conversation and for you to shed your light and your knowledge and expertise on this because you're so good at talking about this. So one of the major questions that we get is how do you have sex? How do you intimate with another person without alcohol? I mean, that, that's the million dollar question right there, Jessica. It's, it's the, probably the most popular question that I get in my line of work. 
is specifically how do I feel more confident in the bedroom without alcohol? And it's usually from women. And it's Mm -hmm. usually um, not just how do I have sex without alcohol? It's like, how do I feel confident? How like, and I think Mm. that really shows to me that really shows the about liquid courage honestly yeah. um you know the the thesis of my book is essentially how to replace liquid courage with intrinsic courage you know yeah. helping readers get more in touch with their authentic real confidence um that we just <laughs> that we were not tapping into when we were binge drinking until we blacked out um yeah. So I th- I think, you know, to answer your question, I think I just have even more questions because it's like, you know, my questions are like, well, what does sex mean to you? What do you even want out Ooh. of a sexual experience? Um, why do you, if you thought drunk sex was better, why was drunk sex better? If you mm-hmm. relied on liquid courage to feel more confident in the bedroom, what else makes you feel more confident? So mm. I think that's just the journalist in me who who likes to answer questions with even more questions. Um, sure. But I think I think for listeners, th- that's really how you get started with mm-hmm. feeling more comfortable in the bedroom is asking yourself what exactly you want out of this situation. Oh, totally. That is a hard hitting question. And it's so... It's so important because I think for a lot of women, it's so, there's so many answers to that. You know, we could go into the stigma and the shame around sex, the the act of even wanting sex is, is shamed, especially for women. I don't know why, like. It is. And especially with, you know, especially for queer women or queer people, um, anyone who has experienced, uh, trauma from like from their fam- their family like religious trauma being told that they are inadequate because they're queer being kicked out of their home because they're queer or trans mm-hmm. so you know i i hate to ant we started off really heavy jessica yeah. we started <laughs> just like we really went into it yeah. um but you know Let's i i think it up a little bit cuz this is know, this is a big package this is a, is a big package, package, but it's like, I think I just, maybe I wanted to start there by saying, really by saying, acknowledging that this is not an easy question mm-hmm. and what we're going to talk about might bring up a lot of uncomfortable stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But that is, but that is why I called my book dry humping because I know that this is a heavy topic and I want to do it with, you know, from a cheeky, like a lighthearted perspective of like, Yes, this shit's hard. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it. Let's laugh through it and leave the conversation feeling empowered. That that's my goal. Yeah, definitely. So from from your experience, what do you think is the one of the main or top reasons that women don't feel confident and reach for alcohol in order to be intimate or to create intimate situations mm-hmm. for themselves? It's a really good question. And for me, it was it was two two things in particular that are intertwined. One is yeah. body image. I was very insecure about my body. I was comparing my body to all these other women um, <sighs> and feeling buzzed or drunk. I was a little bit more confident because I wasn't obsessing over my body. Yeah. So 
that's a big one. And that is, that's a huge one. Um, And another one that I believe is, is very, is huge for women is the, the persona and the performance angle. And by that, I mean, being socialized as women, usually we didn't get proper sex education. You know, Mm -hmm. we were just taught, if anything, how to not get pregnant. You know, that, that's it. Actually, We, we were not taught about pleasure at all. Um, and if you yeah. think about it, t- even if you know, even a quote progressive sex education that maybe we had growing up, um, again, it's still just about how to not get pregnant. But they're not talking about how semen is the is the man's pleasure, you know. Right. So it's we're we're getting this very you know phallocentric um, approach to sex education if we even get sex ed. You know, so yeah. I think it's important to understand that foundation to really realize that women until I, I, until recently, until I got sober, I didn't ask myself what I wanted out of a sexual experience. I didn't ask myself what is, what, what pleasure means to me. Yeah. So, you know, and I think everyone's answer is going to be super different. And the reason that I went so heavy up front is because when you figure out what you want, you're yeah. also going to unlearn some of the problematic shit that has come up. So, um mm-hmm. that so that body image and then basically trying to perform and be this ideal woman uh in the bedroom instead of being yeah. my authentic self. And alcohol just made both of those things a lot easier. Oh, totally. It's so funny that you you say that just just to going back like I'm thinking about sex ed in like high school and what I learned and all I remember is how to put a condom on a banana. On a banana. And I'm wearing a banana hoodie. Ah! <laughs> this shit is bananas. Oh my God. That is hilarious. It's so true. Like, I think a lot of women, and for me in particular, I was really afraid about sex. Like, I didn't want to get pregnant. I didn't want to get this disease or or that to happen or not not only just like the physical things to, to 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 fear but also the stigma and the reputation that i would mm. also get around sex that's a really good point and you know you just talked about like stigma and fear <laughs> you know so basically yeah. so your takeaways from sex ed were stigma fear and how to put a condom on a banana so <laughs> So no wonder we're all so no fucked wonder. Up. <laughs> Riddle me this. Wow. So it's like I yeah. think getting to the root of that, again, we're laughing about it. Like yeah. we can understand we were not taught how to please ourselves. So yeah. we know that now. We know that. So we can move forward no and explore our bodies. We can learn yeah. about what we actually want. And that is going to organically, you're going to become more confident the more you learn about your body. Um, The more, you know, the more time I spent alone learning more about my body, my body image, my body image issues, my body dysmorphia, it Mm -hmm. started healing. It's still something I deal with every day. But for me, accepting my body was a huge part of even thinking about pleasure. Yeah. I mean, even the thought of being naked alone 
is a lot for a lot of people. It is. Never mind adding another person to the mix. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Insecurities. Or two. Here we go. Or three. Or two. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Whatever you're into. Absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. Um, how did you like just speaking of like the work and and you know appreciating and, and loving and building this solid foundation with your body? How did you go about that that? Yeah, so th- this is something that that I, I cover in um it's actually the first chapter of my book is the first mm-hmm. chapter is called Dating Yourself. And mm. it's not just like bubble baths and face masks. <laughs> I'm not talking about like hashtag self-care. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about actually romancing myself. Like I'm talking mm. about like masturbate, light mm-hmm. some candles, dim the lights, get some music going, like really, really take yourself out, you know, go, go yeah. out to a nice dinner alone with a good book, you know, just like do, do mm, things that give foreplay. you. Yes, exactly. And it's like, you know, yeah. we think about pleasure and we often think just sexual pleasure, but it's also <laughs> what else brings you pleasure? Do you like going to the movies? Do you like cooking? Mm-hmm. Do you like, you know, does eating certain foods make you feel sexier? So, you know, it's mm. really like there's no quick fix, right? You know, alcohol was yep. our quick fix. So, we've decided as either sober, sober curious, Cali sober, whatever you are, you've mm-hmm. decided to be more conscious in your sexual experience. So, yes. really so I think I think that is like, you know, that's this like really big exciting moment. Um yeah. but also don't put too much pressure on yourself like this shit's awkward, especially if you've never masturbated before or yeah. if you just, if you think you don't like masturbation, um, but think again, think again, <laughs> get, a different, get a different toy, try different porn. Um, yeah. so, you know, it, it's, I would say and don't rush like, it, try, like don't, don't rush, rush it. it, trial and error. Yes. And in my book, I talk about a mirror exercise. That Ooh. helped. That helped me in my okay. self discovery journey, and I will leave it there. If list, if that is intriguing to listeners, um, but that's yeah. one of the probably the, a, another big question that I get, like on my book tour. People are like, "Tell us yeah. more about that mirror exercise." <laughs> like you have to take them into the back room and do a hands on <laughs> tutorial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like you know, I think there really is something of like especially if you struggle with body image or have body dysphoria, um, looking at your body and and finding some acceptance there Mm -hmm. was huge for me. Um, On that note, I would also recommend a book called uh, it's either body neutral or body neutrality by uh, someone Um, (laughs) by some, I'm looking at my bookshelf, but um, I'll text it to you after you could, you could put it in the notes, but Perfect. that helped me a lot on my body image journey as well. Okay. Um, and I, th- the reason I'm spending so much time talking about body image is because this is, I've, I have researched sober sex and dating for over eight years. And it's not just me who struggled mm-hmm. with body image. This was a recurring topic among uh, subjects that I interviewed. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is because you're so right. We're, we are comparing and contrasting our bodies and ourselves to other people constantly. It just happens. It's subconscious. It, it goes, it happens. I mean, I try and stay out of the comparison game as much as possible, but I think in, in really intimate and high pressure situations, it's bound to get the best of you. And I love how you're putting a lot of emphasis on this because this is the structure, right? I feel like when we can be right with ourselves, that is a solid foundation and structure to then go out into the world and share ourselves intimately with others. Mm -hmm. It's a necessary step, 100%. It is because it's also... We we regardless of gender, we can't expect our sexual partners to know how to please us. You know, oh, it absolutely takes, not. It takes a significant amount of self awareness mm-hmm. to know what you want sexually and confidence to ask for that. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Yeah, I feel like, well, first of all, you have to know what you like. Yeah. That's the whole name of the game. That's why you got to take your time and do your homework with player number one here. (laughs) <laughs> yes, play number one. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta do the work with player number one before 100%. you move on to other the other players. Um, exactly. How do you? Okay, like let's say you know what you like. You you've t- mm-hmm. kind of taken your time with yourself. You've you you know how you like it, softer, hard, yada yada yada. How do you then voice that or approach that with your partner? Totally. And this is, this is a tough one. (laughs) Or three. three. (laughs) I am not polyamorous, but I always do what I can to make sure that the poly community is included because it's very valid. Um, Anyway, um, what was the question? I got so distracted by not being polyamorous. (laughs) Is that a need that needs to be met? Or is this something that's true? I just finished from couple to thruple, so that's literally all I can think about right now. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so we know our bodies. We know what we're like. We kind of know what we're leaning towards. How do we ask for it? Yes. Or how do we how signal do we, for it? How do we ask for it? So I think the most important thing to remember is that sex is supposed to be fun. Yes. Sex is supposed to be you know, a fun, um, beautiful, physical way to interact with someone that you care about, you know, like, even if it's just a one night stand, you're still there consensually, like you've chosen each other. And it's like, 
again, that's why the very first thing I said was, what do you want out of the sexual experience? Because that question will come up mm-hmm. regularly with different partners, you know, and your answer yeah. might change. So I think it's important to keep asking yourself that. So, but also remember that sex is supposed to be fun. Um, yes. So, which is hard to do because like we just said, there's so much to unpack. There's mm-hmm. there's fear, there's stigma, there's miseducation, there's misinformation, there's societal stigma against female pleasure. I mean, plus the whole sober angle, right? So it's right. like- yeah, it's a it's a lot. So I think it it's it will behoove you listeners to to really um, get present with what you want, because mm-hmm. then that's going to give you a little bit more confidence to communicate, you know, for for example, um, in my book, I also talk about how I I quit faking orgasms when I quit drinking. <sighs> Yes. Um, because it's a hard one to do. It's a hard one to do. And that's, that was also tied up in my whole persona performance of like, oh, I I need to put on a show for this guy. And once I let that go, I was able to, uh, actually figure out what I wanted and how to get there instead of pretending that I was there. So, you know, I know that, you know, everyone listening is going to have their own different, you know, sexual hangups and we all have our own things. Um, But in the moment, the first time I had sober sex, I remember, you know, I was seeing someone for, um, for a few, a few weeks. And I, I told him that was just like, I want to, I want to wait. I've not had sex sober. I want to really take my time. We took our time. I communicated through it. I, we laughed. We hit. We. I was like, you know, there were some times I was like, okay, I need to take a break. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And he was like, okay, like, yeah. do you? So, you know, a how sad is it that I was impressed that someone was actually respectful <laughs> and listened to me in bed? That's a. That's like, yeah, that tells you the kind of drunk sex I was having. Um. I think that's also, for all of us, though. It, it I, is. I, I stand with you in solidarity with that one. It the is. The bar is pretty low. <laughs> or I mean, was pretty it, low. The bar is low when you're meeting people in the bar. <laughs> Let's just be real. Hundred <laughs> mm-hmm. percent. Um. So you know, I I share all of that because it's like, I told him what I needed. I told him I needed to go slow. I told yeah. him I'm nervous. I I've never done this before. He didn't push me. He allowed yeah. space for like he checked in with me. We took breaks. Um, we laughed at awkward noises. Like, you mm-hmm. know, this this is being fully present in the bedroom. You know, what I yeah. just described is two people being fully present in a sexual experience. Yeah. And that scared the hell out of me when I drank. I yeah. You know, this might maybe we could now transition from like emotional to physical intimacy because I ran from emotional intimacy. I went straight for the physical um, Mm. because I didn't know how to do the emotional side of being present. Yeah. But also, like, even just how you described it and like how sex is portrayed in movies and media and everything that we consume, I have never seen sex like that. Yeah. Like maybe maybe like now in in like more present like rom-coms, 
But usually it's like the guy sweeping the girl off her feet and like having this like passionate kind of thing. He and he just automatically knows where to oh, put. And she comes everything. within two seconds. Two seconds. And, yeah. No clitoral stimulation, and she just yeah. It's yeah. it's yeah. You don't even need porn to fuck you up. Just watch a rom com yeah. because that. <laughs> yes. But there's no talking. Like there's zero talking or communication yeah. at all. So like, okay. Jessica, are you telling me that I need to get into educational porn? Because that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay, great. Hundred <laughs> percent. Or like at least we need to normal yeah, like normalize <laughs> like communication porn. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. Ooh, yes. Communication porn. Because we don't, you know, in, in the book, I actually have those, those conversation starters that I just said, like, I, I yeah. need to slow down. Um, I want to, I want to take my time here. Like I have all of that in the book because like I said, nobody yeah. told me how to have those conversations. I, I learned it through therapy and through working on my own shit. So it's, yeah. yeah. Until I, until I segue into uh professional educational porn. There are some sample <laughs> conversations in the book. Oh my God. I love it. I think even, <laughs> I think like normalizing, even like communication porn, like I would love to see porn where like someone's like the girl's like, no, like I want it like this. Yeah. And like takes whoever she's having sex with in my, in my world, it's another girl, but mm -hmm. that's just me. And like puts and like moves and tells her what to do or tells her where to go and what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Yes. Yeah. I that mean, great. So that is more of a thing in what's called ethical porn and feminist porn. Oh, okay. there, that, that is more of a thing in mainstream porn. You're not going to no. see that on Pornhub. So, no. like realistically that that's not on Pornhub and the what we're yeah. talking about like the ethical feminist porn usually queer porn let's be honest oh um, okay is um does have more of that again not mainstream and it's this the good stuff is behind a paywall um mm -hmm. because they're making like quality 
art films. Like, you know, good stuff. Yeah. They're making good stuff. It's not this free porn hub, like, yeah. like past a couple penis enhancer pills yes. to get the video. It's, you know, it's not that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is out there. Um, and there are, are, I've also, there are some sex educators, you know, people that are in my line of work that have actually pivoted to only fans, um, oh. just for, just for strictly like this, this woman, Susanna Weiss, she yeah. is a sex writer. Um, and she, for a while had an only fans where it was like just showing women how to masturbate, like how to use, like how to touch themselves. So wow. there is stuff out there. It is, again, it's behind a paywall. I don't know if she's still doing yeah. that, but I remember seeing that she was. And I thought that was just such a, a brilliant move because like you said, totally, no one taught me how to masturbate. I didn't know what yeah. I was doing. Yeah. Oh God, if anything, it was like, I, I mean, I never brought it up to my mom or anything like that, but I would never because my mom kind of gave me the impression that sex was gross. Yeah. Or like, not okay. Like, uh, just keep it to yourself. Like, you know, like, I know. And, and you're not it. alone. Yeah and, yeah. and it's heartbreaking because what you just it's described natural, is the majority. Though. People are, this is where the shame and the stigma comes from, you know, yeah. and we internalize this, especially as women, especially as queer women, mm-hmm. we internalize this. So like that that's why I started with the really unsexy stuff up front because until mm-hmm. like I'm sorry to say it, but until you work on your shit, you're not like you're not going to have better sex <laughs> in sobriety. Yeah. Like that's just like period, you know? Yeah, totally. And unlearning, you know, what our parents have taught or not taught us, you know, in like these subliminal little reactions to sex or like even sexual stuff in sexual context like it doesn't even have to be so black and white like that but unlearning that like sex is not bad sex is not dirty you are not a dirty (laughs) person for wanting it or needing it like you're a human you are a real life human you're not a robot (laughs) you have not yet at least not robots yet no robots no robots. Keep, keep I mean, that's people. A, that's a whole other podcast. Is the rise of like you know sex sex tech is a thing. Um, Ooh, you know the like I, sex, AI porn, AI porn, AI sexting, um, sex what? robots. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's that interesting. A, there's also, I mean, there's AI therapy. There's AI like. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there, and yeah. you know that you could look at it in many different ways. But you know, maybe maybe sexting with an AI bot can help you yeah. develop the skills before you actually are on a date with a human. You know, like yeah, Practice. that's that that could be a thing. Yeah, I mean, to me, all all that kind of like symbolizes is people's need and want for connection. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. 
Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Yeah. And in, in different ways and in different capacities. What do you think about it? I I agree. I mean, it's... I don't, I don't know if like technosexual is a term. Um, I'm sure I can't be it the first now. person. I can't be the first person to say that. But I do know, I, I studied asexuality a lot yeah. while researching my book. And the more I learned about how some people are just not sexual or romantic beings, um, or some mm. people are just sexual and not romantic. Some people are romantic and not sexual. Um, I do mm. know that, you know, AI and dolls and bots like are fill like are an option for some people. Yeah. Um and I'm not saying asexual people are using bots. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that studying yeah. about asex studying asexuality helped me understand the nuances of different types of sexualities that I just I didn't know before. Some yeah. people have zero interest in being in a relationship with another human, but they might yeah. like sexting a robot. You know, like that movie Her yeah. with Scarlett Johansson and Joaquin Phoenix, where he falls in love with like a Siri voice. You know, like it's yes. that is the um, he, that voice provided emotional support for him, and he was fine with that. No. He didn't need the physical. So these are just things that are out there. I'm not endorsing yeah. any i'm just you know i'm just reporting on sex tech <laughs> yeah i think it's so fascinating and it's also interesting to know what people's needs and wants are because we're all so different and there's nothing there's there's no right or wrong in all of this they're just needs that's all exactly and if if you can unlearn and then remove shame and stigma it's only going to help. Um, yes. I know a lot of asexual people that I interviewed for my book realized yeah. that they were asexual when they got sober because oh. they realized I actually don't like sex. I actually just used alcohol because I was trying to be quote unquote normal, but I really don't like having sex. Or some people realized <laughs> I like having sex, but I don't like being in relationships. I don't develop romantic connections with others. And that's yeah. a, that is a thing. These are valid sexualities. So yeah. um, I think I think the more that we talk about this, that reduces the stigma. I think the more that we know 
that whatever, you know, whatever your kink, your sexuality, your fetish or lack of whatever it is, there's nothing wrong with you and you're not alone. Oh, I love that. This is as long as as long as everyone is of age and consenting. Very important caveat. Yes. Very, very important. (laughs) Totally. Okay, Tony, I have one more question for you. Now, this is another kind of pain point for uh, maybe couples who used to drink together and, and use that as a means of commun- connection. And now, you know, one of, one of the person in the, in the couple has stopped drinking or changed yeah. their relationship with alcohol. How do you then forge or create intimacy now? Huge question. And I honestly think everything that we just spoke about applies to people in relationships as well. Yeah. I think it's probably more important that you reacquaint Mm. yourself with your own body if you've been in a long-term relationship and maybe don't prioritize self-pleasure. Now could be a really good time for you to revisit what that looks like for you. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of people that I've that I've interviewed and talked to when one person quits drinking and the other stays drinking mm-hmm. I feel like it could it could go many different ways in a perfect mm-hmm. world your partner is super supportive and they want to do what they can to help you um and support you right mm-hmm. um another way is that one person getting sober can be too confronting for the other partner and mm-hmm. that can ultimately lead to a breakup um, or a break of some sort. And there's a yeah. lot of gray area in between, but these are the two most common that I've seen. Yeah. Um, and the couples that make it are the couples who talk about this stuff. The couples mm-hmm. who um, like the person who quits drinking again, mm-hmm. they need to advocate for what they need to feel safe in their home. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, yeah, maybe some some people say, I don't care if you drink, but I can't have wine in the house. You can have whatever liquor you want. I cannot have wine in the house. Yeah. Uh, some people cannot have any alcohol in the house. Um, I know some people yeah. who will not kiss their partner after they've had a drink because it feels triggering for them. Yeah. So, you know, and these are all this is really tricky because you and your partner have to be a willing to face <laughs> that there's going to be some discomfort and it's going to be again trial and error. You guys are going to figure out what works best for you. Yeah. And just because you quit drinking that doesn't mean you get to make all the rules. <laughs> you know, you're still your yep. partner your partner also needs to advocate for, you know, maybe they keep alcohol in a hidden place for them. Right. Yep. You know, so it's like this again it's like it's it's communication and yeah. it's a lot of people are like how, like i said how do i be more confident in the bedroom or how can i have how can sex be better and it's like mm-hmm. my answer is always communication always mm-hmm. always always there's no like yeah, yeah taking a shot of tequila yeah i'm sure that worked for you taking five shots of tequila probably worked for you but yeah. we're not doing that anymore so yeah. <laughs> um nah, but, it's a band-aid over a bullet hole Exactly. But it's like, I think, I think there is something to be said for keeping the ritual alive. And by that, but what I mean by that is like, maybe if you and your partner share a bottle of wine at dinner there, you could still keep that ritual. 
Maybe you're, maybe you're sharing a bottle of seltzer. Maybe you're sharing, you know, there's lots of non-alcoholic wine. There's, uh, or kombucha, whatever. What do you like? What are your, what are um, your favorite like non-alcoholic products right now? Well, I mean, I did launch my own drink. We can get into that. Yeah. Um, But there's, there's some really good non-alcoholic wines. I love Shirley. Shirley is one of my favorite NA wines. Okay. Um, Partake is my favorite non-alcoholic beer. Um, they're Canada, made at mm-hmm. Maine, Canada. Um, and my husband and I actually just launched a a vinegar-based botanical drink set. It's a before and Ooh. after. Um, okay. So it's yeah. So it's uh, it's like before and meal- after sex, or before and after I, a meal, or how do you I use mean? <laughs> it's so like my my husband was a sommelier who quit drinking. And okay. he got really into making vinegar and fermentation as cool. his sober hobby. You know how we always say you need to find a hobby in early sobriety? For sure. His was, he, you know, he was a psalm with a bunch of extra liquor and wine. So he learned how to turn it into vinegar. Um, cool. And so we, it, we, we turned it into a business. You know, we have a line of cooking vinegar. And we have yeah. now a, a line of um, non-alcoholic vinegar-based beverages. So um, it could be – the reason I say sommelier is because we designed it for like before and after a culinary experience. Oh, so cool. The bef- like the, the before, there's herbs that are traditionally used to stimulate the senses. Yeah. Um, and the after is herbs that are traditionally used to calm the senses, aid in digestion. Um, like what, like the before literally makes your mouth water. There's an, there's an Ooh. herb in there that actually like increases salivary glands. So cool. Um, I mean, that could also so be very useful. In it, could, it could be useful <laughs> for other things too. So, yeah. um, but it's, you know, the reason we made this drink is because of like what, what we're talking about. Like, yeah. I think this whole episode could be summarized as being more mindful and intentional in the bedroom. Mm. Right. So, you know, we created a really complex drink. It's a slow sipper. It's not Mm. a beer that you chug. It's not a sugary, fizzy drink. It's a slow sipper. It's a one ounce pour and you take your time sipping it. Talk to your partner about the different flavor notes and the tasting profiles, like what's coming up. Yeah. That's what I mean by keeping the ritual alive. Maybe you're not drinking wine anymore. Maybe you're bonding over. Um, this non-alcoholic wine that you just tried, you know, yeah. like what's, what do you taste? What does it remind you of? How does it pair with your meal? So I think totally. the, more, the more things that you do to be present with each other, that mm-hmm. that's really, um, that's the, I, that's not even a secret. That's just like, again, communication. Yeah. And it's, n- it's not going to happen overnight. This isn't, like you said, this isn't a quick fix. This isn't just going to be like, oh, cool. Like, now we're doing this. There's <laughs> a learning curve to this, right? Like, you've been doing or you've been in this relationship or you've been dating this way for so long. And now we're changing it. There's a, there's a little yeah. curve. There's an adjustment. And with adjustments come adjustment periods. It doesn't mean that you're doing it right. It doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> It just takes a little bit of time. It does. And give yourself space to let things change too. You know, Mm. like my, my sober dating standards changed 
over time. You know, yeah. I thought I couldn't, I could not date someone who drank. I, it was okay. too hard up front. But then I've realized I was okay with drink. Like if you're having a glass of wine with dinner, I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't date someone who's like getting shit faced. Oh, you God, know, no. so no. being open to being open, but like rule number one is you have to feel safe and comfortable. If mm-hmm. kissing someone who smells like whiskey makes you wonder if you could have just one, that may mm-hmm. not be the best date for you right now. Totally. Yeah. We're here to kind of make things easier or like align with people, not to trigger us and make mm-hmm. things harder. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like you said, I think what you just said is so huge about you've dated one way for so long, many of us decades, you know? Yeah. So learning how to do this new, give yourself the grace of training wheels, you know? Like, yeah. Add as many training wheels as you need and slowly take them off. Totally. I, I love that. I, like, take your time. Take your time mm-hmm. at all of this. I think there's nothing sexy about rushed sex. And no, rushed I mean. Relationships or rushed, like, forced um, intimacy. Nah. No, I mean, there's nothing sexy about forced anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> but like you know my therapist had this really good line that I think applies here he says if it's urgent it's not spiritual and that really stuck with me especially with what you and I are talking about with sex with dating like if you're rushing to get through something something's missing you know you're or you're not ready there's just it's or it's now is not the right time and that's okay. That is okay. And that's why, like I said, my first sexual experience when I quit drinking, I said, I need to take it slow. Yeah. I asked for breaks, you know, like yeah. you, you, ha- you have to do that. I love that. Oh, what a great quote. It's so good. Please Who use it. To your therapist. He's amazing. I think about that a lot, even just in daily life where I'm like, Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm in the shower and I'm rushing and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't have anything else to do today. This is the last thing on my to-do list. Why am I rushing? Like, yeah. You know, I think totally. we're all, we all struggle with that in our regular lives. So of course it shows up in the bedroom. 100%. Uh, Tani, where can we find you on the World Wide Web? You and your uh, new drink line. Yeah, so um, I think the best place is Instagram. Find me, Tawny M. Lara, and, um, or just go to TawnyLara.com, and you'll see the link to my book. Um, okay. And the, the drink is called Parentheses. So um, it, it's that. available in, a, yeah, it's available in the States, and we're, we're super excited about it. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much for having me I- back. I love hanging out with you. Oh my gosh. I love it. This conversation has been so awesome. And thank you for just shining a little bit more light and going a little bit more deeper. This is so fantastic. Thanks, Tony. How awesome is Tony? And communication is key in anything to have a great relationship with anything or anyone 
you need to communicate, especially with yourself. If you are looking to change your relationship with alcohol, head to a sobergirlsguide.com now. We have tips and tricks to help you at any stage of your booze-free journey. From our group coaching program to our Sober Girls Social Club monthly membership, we have it all. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com now. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. We love to hear your comments. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know a friend, a family member, or a loved one who needs to hear the message in this podcast episode or any of our other ones, do them a favor and share it along. It means so much to us. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.